If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to the Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer with UK thrash metal band Acid Rain, or you may know me from my Talking Bollocks podcast. You can access that podcast. Just click my name, which is highlighted in the description of this podcast, and you can go straight to all of my podcasts. But here, I am your guide through all things Motorhead. And what motorhead things we have for you at the moment. That's right. We have the reissue of No Sleep Till Hammersmith, the ultimate live album and certainly motorhead's greatest live album. Um, It is coming out as a 40th anniversary box set. There is so much stuff here. Um, To celebrate the 40th anniversary, there is just a a myriad of bits and pieces for you. New deluxe editions, there'll be uh, hardback book packs. I always struggle to say that. There will be hardback book packs, hardback book packs in 2CD and triple LP formats. Got there. Plus a deluxe 4CD box set featuring all three shows that made the record for No Sleep. Um, And they haven't been released in their entirety before. There'll also be um, uh, the store of the album book, many unseen photos and loads of era-specific treasures. So if you are a fan of the band, if you are a fan of No uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith, which surely you are, that is the edition you need. And the best place to find out all your Motorhead news is imotorhead.com, the official Motorhead website, imotorhead.com. So... What have we got happening on this episode of the Motorcast? Well, in this episode, we have long-standing fan of the band, John Bingham. John was at the Port Vale football ground show, which you will be hearing, and was a dedicated follower in those early days as well. So, without further ado, here is myself and John Bingham having a chat not long ago. Um, Well, look, first of all, John, thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, You're welcome. And, uh, and I'm going to start where I always start, which is, so how did you end up getting started in your sort of motorhead, is it fair to call it, obsession? Well, I've always started out as a uh, pop fan when I was a young lad, and I loved music, and the radio was always playing in, in our house. And um, I used to listen to the Sunday show on... Um, on Radio 1, which is the chart show. And the music I really liked was the glam rock era. And I loved that type of music. And forever and a day, then I started to get into that type of music. That was the sweet T-Rex and um, Mark Bolan and David Bowie and all that kind of stuff. And then one day at our school, um, the the prefects were given um, the rule of the roost in the art centre. Um, they were given the permission to run a disco. So me and my mate, Brian, we went into this disco and they were playing Paranoid and Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and I just got blown away with that music. And ever since 75, I was totally into rock and that was the main emphasis of my love for music. So, and I'm a geek person. I've been to about a thousand gigs, I think, in my life and I love live music. And... So we first started getting into bands like Sabbath, Deep Purple, 
and and then we started over the years getting to Rainbow. I heard a bit of Overkill, loved that, really liked it. And I went. My first gig was Rainbow, I think, at Bingley Hall, and that was the first wow. major gig. We'd seen local bands and things like that in Kidderminster, and um, and then um, I got tickets eventually to go and see Motorhead at the Birmingham Odeon on the Ace of Spades tour. And when I first walked into the room, and it was like electric. It was like there was like sparks flying in the air. There were skinheads there, rasters. There were even mods in that in in that building. Wow! And the whole place was just it was just just electric. And I was it was just thought, wow, what a place! And I think it was Weapon with a support band, and they came on. And they were okay, but um, and then. The lights went down, and the place was just screaming. It was just going mad. And I was thinking, I love it. And they hadn't even played yet. And then suddenly, <laughs> they just burst into the Ace of Spades. And they had the Ace of Spades flashing at the top of the lights. And the lights show was always, always fantastic. And that's the one thing with Motorhead. The light show was always fantastic, except for one gig, which we might come on to. Um, the next thing was uh, um, they just did the whole the whole show, and I I was just like my mouth was just wide open. I'd never been so happy in all my life, and and I just felt elated and ele- electric about things. And um, I just thought, I just want to I want to live here for the rest of my life. Someone sounds quite elated and enthusiastic in the background there. <laughs> that's a that's silly that's silly boo. So I I, I just went. Oh, what! And I came away from there thinking, I love this. I absolutely love it. And that started my obsession with Motorhead. And I think um, I've, I've, I've calculated um, about two years ago. I've been to fifty-one gigs of, of Motorhead. And even on my fiftieth birthday, there's, there's a, a, a mate on um, a lad called Brian Collie. He's my Motorhead mate, and we've been to at least thirty concerts together. But I just go all the time. Every time I used to see Motorhead on a gig like Castles, you know, the Donington or whatever it is, I just went. And often on tours like the um, Iron Fist tour, I saw them twice that day. And that's where I actually met Lemmy as well afterwards. We would sign in, um, um, you know, the the, the, the um, programs and posters, and he signed my program and things like that as well. And I just became obsessed with them. And it was my highlight of the year. You know, like, the thing I really yeah. miss at the moment is gigs. I really miss going to gigs. And my highlight of the year was going to see Motorhead. Yeah. I lived for it, and it was, I just went, couldn't, I counted down the day to go and see Motorhead. Because they, Lemmy is like a comedian to me. And I used to love his quips in between the, in the, the um, songs. Yeah. And I, I think, and one of the things, he pointed to me one day, because um, he said, um, we talked about the, the album Bastards, which is my favourite Motorhead album. And he said, um, you couldn't even, um, they fucked up or something on the, um, on the delivery of it into the UK. But I had pre-ordered it and uh, from Sounds Around in Kinemanster and I got it. I was one of the only people in the UK to get this thing and they got it, they specially ordered it for me. And um, he said, you couldn't, he said, you couldn't beg, borrow, steal this album. Has anybody got it? And I put my hand up and I go, yes, I got it. And then he pointed at me and said, he's the lad or something like that. And, you know, it just made me smile, and nice. he was always telling jokes and things like that. And that was the best thing about going to see a Motorhead gig was it was fun, 
you had a few beers, um, you were with your mates, and you were rocking out, and it was always a brilliant experience, except for one tour, which was the um, Another Perfect Day tour with Brian um, Robinson. It wasn't that good. So apart from that gig, the rest of them, I just loved being there. And I actually saw them on the last, very last gig in the UK, was um, down at um, the Eden Project. And that was their very last UK gig, and I saw them down there as well, and they were brilliant that day as well. Wow. And Lemmy was, he was, he was really frail. Yeah. But he was, he was still on there. And I, 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 meant, I mentioned it to Todd Singerman in the email. I said, Mike, when he was, I think he was 69 or 68 at the time, um, I said to um, Todd, I said, Todd, in this email, I said, my granddad, when he was 68, couldn't hold, didn't pick up a you know, reckon back a alone yeah. play it. And this guy was, you know, just a, a genius, and um, and I just loved it. And I, I just became very passionate. I've got all the records, all the singles and things like that, you know, and, and I still buy stuff, you know, and I've, I've never told anybody this because I don't want people to know, but I bought the Ace of Spades, the £300 set, and it's, it's locked away in a cupboard. I've still not opened it yet. I'm dead <laughs> get it out. I've got my wife to know I've spent £300. Well, on the well, well, whatever you do, make sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she will now. <laughs> well, uh, Mrs Bingham, um, yes, uh, what a terrible way for you to find out. I do apologise. <laughs> I, that that last time you saw them, was there yeah. and was there a kind of a mix of emotions? Because obviously it's it's still Lemmy, but you're also aware that he's he's you know he's not in the shape that he used to be. It's a really good question because I, I, I the only person I've ever said this to is my wife. I grew up with Lemmy, so I was uh, eighty one. I was seventeen when I first saw Motorhead. Yeah. And so, and I also, for my 50th birthday, me and my mate Brian, we went to Berlin to see them on our 50th birthday at the Velodrome. In, and that was a, I thought Ace of Spades was my favourite concert. That is just as equally my favourite concert, um, and as well as Port Vale. When we went there, Lemmy came on, we, we, I, I, I got hold of the management. Said we're going to we're going to um, Berlin. This is where I started talking to Todd and Stefan. We're going to Berlin for our fiftieth birthday. Any chance we can listen to the sound check? And they were brilliant. They were fantastic. They even at the Wolverhampton City Hall, the gig there, they gave us a pass. But Lemmy didn't want to see anybody after the show. So we, we, we uh, you know, the third time I'd have seen him, um, that didn't happen because he obviously was tired. But um, they let us access. So. Um, Mickey D comes in, he starts banging the drums really loud, and he was hitting this thing, and he was telling him, that's echoing, that's echoing, that's echoing. And then Phil comes in, and, and he did a couple of tracks. One was um, Teacher Leave Those Kids Alone, and Money for Nothing. And then their, their sound check was Rosalie by Sin Lizzie, and I love Sin Lizzie. And Phil Campbell's band, the, uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastards, they remind me of a heavy Sin Lizzie. That's why I think I like them so much. I'm going to here comes another obsession. I'm going to see him four times on this tour. I'm going to open in last and two ones local to me. And um, Lemmy walks down and this big, gruff kind of um, man, and he's got his arms swaying gently as he comes in, picks up his Rickenbacker off, um, um, I think it's Ian Dodd, no, I can't remember who, the name of the, the, the roadie, puts it on, and bashes out Rosalie and walks off again. 
that was Terence Jack. And he was huge and immense and things. And, and going back to the point about the Eden Project, he was a frail man. Yeah. He, he'd lost a lot of weight. Um, but, and he, he still had that spark in his eyes. If, that, if, if you know what I'm saying about yes. people, when, yeah. when you see that, that glint, that cheeky, funny, and I, I know he's a big fan of um, uh, Monty Python, so am I. And I, I, whenever he used to say things, he used to make me smile because that's my sense of humour. That deadpan, sarcastic kind of literal thing. And I think that's why I, I, I just love going to Motorhead because, one, it made you laugh. Two, you got you rocked out. And three, it was, you know, it was just a, a, an electric atmosphere at every gig. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, and you don't get that many, many you know, with some concerts you go to. And, um, and I see a variety of gigs, and I've still yet, that Ace of Spades, Berlin, and Port Vale, I've still yet anybody to get fairly close to it in terms of other performances, you know. We have been, and I've been to some gigs, I, I tell you now, and I've seen a variety of bands, and they just don't do it for me. I suppose it's like, um, I, I'm not watched a, a program by Jeremy Clarkson about speed and he had Michael Schumacher on there and about how they take an um, aircraft pilots, how boring they are and they yeah. take they take the only thrill they can get is take it to the limit yeah and because I'm a bit of a boring person I think that's why I like Motorhead so much because they just took you to the limit but you couldn't go any more further and that's why I think I love Motorhead and Gentle Stevens so much really and and the fact that you've said a few things there that that really struck home with me um the the first being um that you're you still clearly and you know I don't want to overplay it but you when you say you know the going to see Motorhead was a highlight of the of the year etc i think there's a lot of people listening to this will be yeah i feel exactly the same you know the calendar doesn't have a motorhead gig in it and yeah. and, it, and it should. I'm getting do. quite emotional now. You're saying it because it it brings it back. I really miss it. I yeah. really do. I th- well, it's, um, it sounds it sounds like and like I said, I don't want to overplay it, but it it sounds all it sounds kind of like grieving. Do you know what I mean? You you're still you're still be. looking at that calendar, thinking what's missing. Oh yeah, it's a motorhead gig. Well, and no. I, I, to be fair, I love going to see Phil Campbell now. It's that. I don't know what Phil's done or and and his lads, but they claim that uh, that electric atmosphere. Yeah. And everybody in there is rocking out at the same time, and they're pushing the limit. And and I still go to gigs with Brian, and we and we still do things. We did, you know, I think the last one was Leonard Skinner, and that was just um, when they're doing Freebird, and he was playing the solo, and he comes out of that solo, that bit where the, the solo ends, the guitar part. We looked at it and just went. Wow, you know, kind of thing. So I love <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I have I have got a ticket for Brian for um, Phil Campbell in Wolverhampton, so I'm hoping that the lads might sign a few things for us when we go there for my mate Brian, because we are, I think he must have seen Motor 30 times at least with me. Well, so, yeah. and, and you, you mentioned um, Berlin and and Port Vale, so uh, yeah. so come on, what was what was so what was so kind of legendary about these shows for you? Well, Port Vale was, um, do you know, the cost of that ticket was only £7.50. Oh, da- oh you know, I know, but... I know. You get, look back on ticket prices now and it's just insane. Well, I've been to see the Ace of Spades. I was blown away. I bought all the, I went and searched all the Motorhead 
back catalogue, try and buy it and things. I think I've got a few gems here and there. And um, No Sleep to Hammersmith had gone straight into number one. Yeah, first live album to do so. I've got to say that because I always do. Um, but yeah, first time <laughs> and, and, anyone and did Nothing that. like that had happened. And they were running. And the gig, what everybody forgets, it was supposed to be Black Sabbath headlining. And the rumour was, with all this lot, was, oh, they're pulled out because they're chickens. You know, they don't want to be following Motorhead. It's yeah. funny, on that day, it's like Triumph. Triumph weren't a bad band, you know. But they followed Frank Marino, who was absolutely brilliant that day. Um, the, the person I was with, um, she said, that was unbelievably amazing. And it was Frank Marino that day. And I've followed Frank Marino ever since. Um, that was just a... To see a guitar played like that, I'd never, ever experienced it i've never experienced it ever since that guy what he did with the guitar was unreal but i digress we're going back so black sun was supposed to be headline and they pulled out and so ozzy replaced them so we the whole day was fantastic from start to finish we drove up to stoke and we got parked up and we went in it was a brilliant day we were really geared up for it because we'd heard the rumours coming from the show. Um, there was, I, I saw in one report, there was 132,000 watts of power. They'd blown out two local substations, so they had to build the substations again because the amount of wattage that was going into the, into the power system. The, com- the residents were complaining, so they buzzed all the old geezers up to Blackpool for the day so they didn't have to listen to the noise. <laughs> and apparently they could hear the gig from four miles the sound checks from four miles away. So we were just absolutely wetting ourselves to get to this to this gig. And also Ozzy Osbourne was there with Randy Rhodes, but that was another plus for me as well, because being a Sabbath of my second band. So we didn't get Sabbath, but we got Ozzy. And so the sun was shining, we get in, and they, they tested the equipment, and we were one of the first in, and it hit my stomach like no tomorrow. I never had experienced a, a gig that kind of level of hurt from a speaker's, it was unbelievable. And it really, I mean, it just went bang. It was like a, a, a cannon going off in, in next to your ear. It was unreal. And it hit my chest. And I just thinking, geez, I'm looking forward to this. And um, we got in there. And the first thing we found out was there was no alcohol in there. So it was a dry gig. And um, all you got these, I think it was like Kiel or Panda Pop, and that's all you could buy with this, with this fizzy pop. And during the concerts, everybody was throwing these bottles in the air. And you yeah. had these multicolored like rainbow with everybody throwing the bottles and things like that. But you know that was that the part of it. And as the you know as the as the um, day went on, I think it was uh, Bardis one. I like Bardis, and I got a few other singles. They were good. And then Wright came on. They weren't too good. And then Frank Marino came on, and he was. I mean, outstanding. And if anybody's listening to this and want to get into a new band that you've never heard of, Frank Marino Mahogany Rush, he is the he is the Jimi Hendrix of Canada, and his, his guitar playing is absolutely fantastic. And really, um, as Black Sabbath, we all said they pulled out because they couldn't didn't want to follow motor because they were flying high. Triumph were, were never were always going to fail that day because Frank Marino was that good. And um, and then Frank Marino. Trump came off, and then um, they were introduced by Filthy Animal Taylor. Then Lemmy comes on and introduces Ozzy. And I always remember Ozzy saying words to this effect. It's not the exact words, but saying, 
I understand Black Sabbath couldn't make it today, so I'm going to give you my part of Black Sabbath, and the crowd just won't make it. And I got lucky that day. I saw Randy Rhodes and one of the guitarists. That wow. guy was unreal. And Ozzy just running around the stage was absolutely brilliant. And go, I'm going to go back. Before I speak about Mountain, I'm going to go back. When we come in, I'd never seen... Um, well, we went to, I used to go to Donington um, a lot. And they used to have the big um, scaffolding um, put up with the speakers at the side. And it was like corrugated iron on the top. Yeah. But when we got into the, the gig at Mountain, the first thing I noticed and really struck me was this blue vinyl kind of dome-shaped thing. I've never seen anything like it. And when I researched into it and I read about it, it was the first of its type, and it's now used as the archetypal stage set. You see that the likes of Glastonbury was designed on it, and a lot of gigs now uh, have this blue dome, not blue dome, but a dome effect um, um, stage set for outdoors, and Mothead pioneered that. because there's a new straight um, stage construction so it was seeing this thing, thinking, Jesus, I spent some money. You could see the bomber underneath the um, thing as well. And as we got down the front, we thought, because I'm only there, I'm only five foot eight. And um, I was there with my girlfriend, and she said, we're not going to be up. The stage was really high. And we said, let's go back a bit. And we went back. And I'm, I'm quite glad about that, because we got a better view from where we were than we would have down the front. So that was a good thing. Yeah, and let me let me just correct you there. Speaking as somebody who's five foot five, you're tall. All right. <laughs> if you if you think you've had if you think you've had fun getting a view at gigs, just try just try being my height. <laughs> One thing that really made me laugh that day as well was um, they did a raffle. You don't you don't you never see a raffle now. Uh, hang on. So we had we had no alcohol and a raffle. This is starting to sound like a a, a very unique experience. And it always sticks in my head, this bit. And it was for one of Motorhead's bullet belts. I think it was Fast Eddie's. I can't remember. It was one of the, it was one of the three's bullet belts. Wow. That's and impressive. Lemmy, Lemmy comes on the stage, pulls out the ticket, and the winning number is. And this is, it, I still laugh to this day when I think about it. The whole crowd in unison, I think there was 40,000 there, somewhere between 25 and 40,000. They all went, yes, and raised their hands in one <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's superb. It was just, and it was perfect time, and everybody started laughing and cheering, and it set the whole day up. And um, there was things that went wrong as well. Um, when um, I said, um, and they'd, oh, I can't remember, it was during the day, they had these, um, d- decided to have these six parachutes come into the stadium and drop into the stadium. Um, to get the gig going. Get right, I, I, I think, like, uh, yeah. From a bump. And one missed the stadium, apparently. He ended up in an allotment or something. Uh, do you know what? I've, I've, um, I, I, I spoke to um, Steve, who ran Audio Lease, the PA company. And yeah. um, and he mentioned this. He said that it's like you know there there were a few things that went wrong, but he certainly testified about the sound because he said they had they had complaints from six miles away, and there's, you couldn't look at the st- it, without a crowd in the room in soundcheck. You couldn't look at the stage because if you did, your eyeballs reverberated in your head. Yes. So you couldn't. Was, I've never look at I've it. never known pain. It wasn't pain. It was a nice pain, but it hit. You know when that first, when you think, when we used to go to the Odeon, people used to put their head in the speakers and things like that, and you used to, and they survived it. Yeah. And 
like today, if you go to a concert today, they're all stuck up in the air. There's about 10 of them, all in a, like a, a half crescent moon shape, either side of the stage. But it wasn't like that in them days. You should have seen the speaker bank at um, Port Vale. It was unbelievable. There must have been at least 200 speakers there. It must have been. Will you? Well, I'll have to look at the pictures. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Tune in for uh, for the episode with Steve from Audio Lease, and you'll um, uh, you'll get you'll get all, you'll get all the back you know, get all the background on it. Um, you were saying that you were saying that it was always they were they they always had a brilliant light show, but unfortunately, one uh, time it wasn't so brilliant. What happened? And where was it? Um, that was on the uh, another perfect day tour. God, it was boring. <laughs> um, see, Brian Ronson came out. He, I saw him at Wrexham. Um, um, they played a gig there. Twisted Sister supported. It's supposed to be Budgie supporting, but Twisted Sister turned up. And Twisted Sister that day were unbelievable. They really were fantastic. Yeah. So Motorhead, Fast um, had just left, and after the Iron Fist tour, so Brian Robson played. Uh, Robertson played. And at Wrexham, he was pretty good, although he was in his shorts and whatever, <laughs> and his headband. Um, they were really good that day, and, and they, had to be, they actually got dragged off the stage because people in the local hospital were complaining that it was too loud, um, and they got dragged off before the encores, actually. So, But that was another great day with Motet. But he was really good. But on this tour, Jesus, and I always remember, on Lemmy's side, his crew, um, they had a... One of the road crew had a little kind of um, flag and it said the stage right sucks, showing it to the other side. And I always remember Brian Robson going down to Lemmy and said, what's the tune for this? And it slowed everything down. And Lemmy said, was showing him the chords on his guitar. And that was the whole gig. It wasn't fresh. It wasn't to the edge. It wasn't, and he wasn't playing the old stuff. He was just wanted to do the new stuff. And it just wasn't Motorhead, really, for me. But the album, I tell you what, that's one of the best albums Motorhead ever did. Yeah, another perfect day. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of that. I'm hearing a lot that that you know, it's, 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 a, it's different. It's a one-off, but there's a lot of love out there for that album. Yeah, my my mate Punk's villain. I uh, hope he's listening to I Punk's. Um, he he is such a fan of another perfect day, and there's some great tracks on there as well, and um, some good B sides from the albums as well on that on that album. And his guitar playing is, is exceptional. And when he was with Thin Lizzy, that's when I really loved him. And, um, yeah, uh, the pitch of the tour was boring. It really was. That's the only time I never liked, you know, never. Although I liked it, it wasn't the same as the rest. And um, good on, you know, Wurzel and Phil Campbell. They really brought it back to life. They really did. Uh, you know, you saw them with all of their lineups across the years. Uh, I did. I saw them. I saw them all. And which was your favourite? Um, I liked them both. I liked the, the two, the two, the two, the two, my two favourites are Phil, Mickey, and Lemmy, and uh, Filthy Phil, Fast Eddie, and Lemmy. Those are my, as a threesome, I think Motorhead were always best because Lemmy played, um, you know, a, a kind of a rhythm guitar as well as a bass at the same time. Yeah. And one of one of the tracks is you're looking for a, a track to see how good Lemmy was as a guitarist because he was a good guitarist was on um, Overkill, um, the very last track, and I'm trying to get out of my, uh, out of my head, what's it called? Um, limb from Limb. Um, Lemmy plays guitar on that, and it's such a good track, and I always wanted to 
them to play it when I was um, not there, but they on the the last album that the uh, posthumously released, which is the '79 album, it's on there, Lynn from them, and you can just get the the rawness of it. And um, I love that. And also the Ace of Spades, the last they just released a new version from Balfour. The yeah. Balfour crowd are fantastic. I just loved it. And that for me epitomises and mostly what Motorhead are all about. It's that raw sound, you know, cranked up the volume to 11. And that's what I miss the most, is going to see that, that yeah. full volume blast and, and listen to it. And to be fair, it's what people, they, when people listen to Motorhead, all they hear is, <coughs> but I don't. I hear the music, the musicality. I know all the words. I know the, the beats, the twists and the, and the guitars. Yeah, and and they are different because if you take Fast Eddie, he was a blues guitarist originally, and yeah. still is. And 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 Phil and Phil Campbell, I don't know. I hope he doesn't mind me saying. I think he's a blues guitarist as well because he's from Persian Risk and that new wave of heavy metal. But there's a the stuff I like of Phil's is the blues stuff on his albums. You know, on his um, album. Um, I just I think it's. Because I, I like the blues as well myself, and I think it's a heavy rock blues that I, I really like. And you know, and it's like a back to Port Vale. <laughs> so Ozzy introduced Lemmy, and they come on, and they were just absolutely brilliant. I think, that, and the dry ice was everywhere, coming over the stage, coming down, and that's one of the reasons I was glad at the front because it was going into the crowd. And uh, I don't know if you ever saw anything coming out because there was loads of dry ice, which is a motorist thing anyway. And um, I always I go through the show. The light show is fantastic. Bomber was fantastic. There's a couple of things that I always remember. Lemmy in his quips. One, he says, um, it's just, he says, I'm dedicating this song to um, Hawkwind, who released their single of Motorhead. This is called Too Late, Too Late. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was, um, he said, uh, John Lennon has just died. And he says, I dedicate this next song to John Lennon. This is Dead Men Tell No Tales. So those are two things I remember in, of his quips in yeah. between the songs and things like that. that and that and, is that is classic Lemmy, though, isn't it? It's that, that, that yeah. Dead Men Tell Motels. It's like, you know, you know, because of his, you know, he, he did like the Beatles, that, that it was an honest and genuine dedication, but it was still, it yeah. was still kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, yeah. He's a massive... Um, if you watch Lemmy the movie, he's, um, he's buying Beatles records and he talks about Beatles with a fondness. And he always said that the, the Rolling Stones were sissies and the Beatles were the hard men of, of their time. And because um, they came from the suburbs of Liverpool, you know, they must have been fairly hard to grow up. And he went to the cabin to see them as well. So, and I've always had a, a, a soft spot for the Beatles and things like that as well. Well, I, th- and, I think, uh, you know, Sabbath always, you know, Ozzy Osbourne always says that, you know, John Lennon and Paul McCartney were his, were his big inspiration to get into a band. Yeah, it could be. It could be the same with Lennon. I don't know if he, he mentions that, but he, he was sold on rock and roll before he met the Beatles. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. And also Port Vale, that was the last time I ever saw the bomber. Ah, right. I never, I never saw it again, because on the Iron Fist tour, the next one, that was the best opening to a show you'll ever see. There was, um, at the back of the stage, right, um, they, they, at the Odeon, they closed the curtains, which I never see before, because normally they, the roadies are on stage going, one, two, one, two, and they're just going round. Yeah. They closed the curtains, what the fuck's going on here? And um, so I'm thinking, and the, 
the lights go out and they open the curtain, so it's total darkness. And at the back, they're playing salty, the, the, um, the classical music, um, the, the war, Mars, the bringer of war, the planet suite. Yeah. Mars, and, and, it goes, and they're playing this music, and suddenly a light spots on. At the back of the stage, there's a massive iron fist. And one by one, the thumb, the fingers open up, and they've got lights at the end of the things. And the, the white light, the, the, the motet white light thing, which is Motorog are famous for. And the, the dry ice is on there, and the fingers are coming up. And you're thinking, and there's a hole in, it, in this hand. You think, oh, they're going to run through that hole, and they're going to come onto the stage. But where's the drum kit? How's the drum kit going to get on? And suddenly they start playing Iron Fist. I think, where the hell are they? Then the whole stage comes down. And they're playing, and Emmy's waving at the audience of the stages that hold coming down because they couldn't put, fit the bomber in there. So that's what they've done. That's what it's about. But the whole stage comes in, and the whole place is just going mad. And I've never seen anything like that with a whole stage coming down. And it was just absolutely fantastic. And and that's why I love Manchester because I just there was always a great stage show, always a great presence. The audience, Motet fans, are fantastic. And I just love being there. And when we went to Germany to watch them, the, the Motorhead fans there also were crazy. And because people found out that it was our 50th birthday, we never bought a single drink all night. The German fans had just bought us beers all night. We got, uh, how we got home, I don't know. <laughs> we, were on, we stayed in the west side of Berlin, and we were on the east side of Berlin, this velodrome. And I still don't know. How, I don't remember getting home for that. And um, we just got absolutely tired. But... Whenever you go to a gig, the Motorhead fans were the best. They're just absolutely fantastic. I was just, I was just going to say, it's um, you know when you when you were saying earlier about not having a Motorhead gig in the calendar feels weird, and I think there's also that um, a lot of there's a lot of people out there, you know, some listening to this who um, who used to meet people that they would only meet at Motorhead gigs, and over the years have sort of become friends. And yeah. and when you take and when you take that gathering away, it's it 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 leaves a hole. Well, it's funny as you say that as a, as a, a lad who's a paraplegic, who goes to every gig, and I'm always say hello to him. I always make time for him, and he's on a a, um, a hospital bed type of thing, you know, the one with the wheels on. Yeah. And he goes to every gig, and I don't know his name. I never ask him his name, but I always see him say hello, and you always see the same faces because. Wolverhampton Civic was my became the Motorhead venue because it originally was Birmingham. They used to play Birmingham, but in the end they, they ended up going. And we used to see the old people. We used to go hello, and and you knew them. And we were like a fraternity that we always used to turn up there, and you used to knew everybody, and it was just great. And in the end, um, um, my son, who is now my daughter, is a, is a trans. Um, I took um, her as he was in, in the day, to his first Motet gig, and he got blown away. That was she got blown by, away by it. And she's a Motet fan now as well. And, I, yeah. um, That's and, awesome. And we took the whole family. My brother used to come along, because often there used to be punk bands supporting. He was a big fan of the Dams, and he used to come to the Dams, Cockney Rejects. I've still got my phone when my brother rings. He's got um, Charlie from the Cockney Rejects next to um, my brother, you know, arm in arm, and um, that's a, that's the way. For me, it was a, like a family event. And when we saw them down at um, the Eden Project, the last gig, my wife was there with me, and um, she was she's not keen on the music, but she loved the gig as well. And when Mickey was doing his drum solo, she's going, "Wow, 
and things like that as well. And um, she loves going to the gigs at Phil Cameron. She likes um, Phil's sons, actually. She gets on really well, and she likes them a lot. And um, I just, you know, I just love going to gigs. And I, because of the lockdown, that's the only thing I've really missed, really, is yeah. going to a gig. I just miss it so much. Yeah, and and again, there's the, the the same for a lot of people. You know, I, I mean, I miss doing them. I miss going to them as well. Um, but it, it's it, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a hole in in all our lives. But um, I mean, that that last time you saw them, that you know, you, you saw them many times over the years. Is there, it, it, is it still that first show that is your is your favourite? The the first time that you saw them, is that still the one that? You know the the, the Ace, Ace of Spades, Birmingham. Yeah, um, Ace of Spades, Berlin. Berlin. That was because it was the whole trip, and it was our fiftieth birthday. And the, yeah, you know, I always went to gigs with Brian. Um, but that Ace of Spades just blew me away. I just, I never experienced, and to this day, that atmosphere. That it was, it was like walking into an electric. It was just like you know, remember in science, you said that globe that used to spark you put your hand you could see the, the sparks flying yes. and things like that. yeah yeah it was like the, the whole room was just full of electricity and it was sparking everywhere and you know and port Vale was a good one of my great days it's funny enough we went to a lot of gigs there's a, a pub called the foresters which is not a million miles away there's a band there called the starving rascals and the, the guitarist there is a guy called brian tatler who is the lead guitarist of um diamond head yeah and we got chatting to Brian, and we talked about Port Vale. He says, I went there. And he said, did you? And, like, we kind of, <laughs> he had to drop the mic, and they already go there. But, and um, <laughs> and um, he said, you know, I went with. And I said, no. He says, I went with Lars Ulrich of Metallica. And the conversation just stopped. Us. We were ranting on about that day, how good it was, me and Brian. But Lars Ulrich went with Brian Tatler. I think he was about 16 or 17 at the time. And, um, and what people forget about um, what Lars Ulrich is a super Motorhead fan. Um, yeah. Because I used to have super fans at Motorhead. I'm, I don't class myself as a super fan because um, I just because I just liked them and um, I just <laughs> fell in love with them and I just loved the atmosphere of the gig and things. But you know, but if, if someone like Lars Ulrich formed a band called Metallica because of his love of Overkill of Motorhead, then that says a lot for me in terms of what Motorhead were. They were raw. They were passionate. They were everything. And when they were on stage, they gave it all. And, you know, when Mickey D was on there and when Phil's on there and, and Lemmy was on there, they gave everything to the last degree and then left nothing on the stage. And for me, that's the epitome of... of the way I see life, if you're going to do something, give it everything. Yeah. And they did. And for yeah. me, that's what Motorhead did. They gave it everything. Go, go big or go home. You're absolutely right. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right. And um, I have to say, John, that there were, I have to say, uh, you may not consider yourself a super fan, <laughs> but I think there's a few people listening to this and myself who would say, well, if you're not a super fan, I'd like to know who is. <laughs> Well, it's funny enough, I've, I've got next to me, um, my th- I've got three programmes. I've got um, the Ace of Spades tour programme, which I love to death, and I still get out and just reminisce over it. I've got my own fish tour, which is signed by the band, which is Lemmy, Phil, and Eddie, God rest their souls. And I've got my Port Vale 
programme, which is, it's, it's, it's not pristine. But I always get those out, and sometimes I, I just reminisce and I go through them. And um, um, it's a funny enough, this is a real true story. I went to see Motel on the Olympics tour, and we went backstage with Brian. I've also had my girlfriend with me as well. And I got him to, um, Lenny was drinking a, um, a cold tin of Carlsberg. And he signed, I got a poster, and I don't know where that poster's going. I think it's in my mum's attic or something like that. And I had this can of coals. I said to him, can I have your can? He says, let me finish it through drink it. And then I got, because you're only allowed to sign one thing. So I had my poster, and I got my girlfriend to get him to sign the um, program. And she said, thank you. And he said, that's very kind of you to say thank you, Lemmy did. And we chatted to Lemmy, and, and, and then we moved on in the queue because everybody was going around. So we went to see them the next night, because I saw them twice on that tour. And she comes around again, and we've got more stuff to start. I can't remember what I had. And um, she said, thank you again. And um, he said, you were here last night, and he started chatting her up. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Oh, my girlfriend here. <laughs> <laughs> But that's so. But that's typical of Motorhead. The fact that you know, for you, it's like it's like a badge of pride. Do you know what I mean? Let me let me try to yeah. chat up my girlfriend. Get in. He did. But also the night before, because Phil and um, Eddie weren't there. But on the night before, they were late and they came into the room and they were laughing and joking. And I remember they were like two kids, and they they were so full of beans. And Lemmy says, "Come on, get your sight. You know, get time." And they were silent. And they were so jocular, all through. You could see they were a tight unit, and they got on really well. And I, I see the videos, and I see um, Phil and Mickey and Lemmy, and they're talking to each other. And especially on the stage yet, when they were talking, when we saw them on the sound check in Berlin, you could see they were a tight outfit. And also, um, I used to go to the gigs. Um, like I went to see them at Hyde Park, and they were supporting Black Sabbath. And I met three of the road crew, and they knew me, and I knew them from the, that time at the backstage, and yeah. we chatted. And and the, and the road crew were fantastic as well. And that yeah. song, "We Are the Road Crew," I think Lenny really meant it, it and it was from the heart. Oh because yeah, that they were they were a solid bunch of people. And like um, I organised Motorhead days at the Black Heart one and two, and with Gareth Richards, another big Motorhead fan, and um, we did two days in Cardiff. And it was well supported, really well done. But it hadn't been for Todd and Stefan, we wouldn't have got it off the ground. And there's an, a guy called um, John Wright, who's Mr. Lemium. So if you go on Facebook and you see Twitter, if you go to lemium.org, they, they tried to get Lemium named as um, a, um, a chemistry element, you know, the symbolic table. Right, yeah. And um, they only named, they started to name it after people who discovered these things. But lemon should be, um, what's it called, a, a symbolic element or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, be, be the, um, uh, the chemical, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, cal- the chemical element table, yeah. Yeah, and, and I applaud Lemium and we organised those two days. And we did, um, they, we got John organised with Stefan and um, Todd to have it filmed. And I'm, I'm very fat on it. And I'm, I'm very coarse. My language is really rude um, at the end. But we we got somewhere in the close to, uh, I think it was over a million hits in the end on that day from people over the world streaming it live. Wow. And um, we had we had Motor Headache playing um, as the tribute uh, band. And thanks, Rob. Um, Rob's another big Motorhead band. I'll just say to Rob, thank you very much. I do appreciate what you did that day. And um, also, um, I'd like to thank 
um, Simon at Motag Beer made it possible to get us more exposure. And um, Simon is just a superstar. So if anybody's out there, I would recommend the new Ace of Spades Stout Beer. I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. I really <laughs> do like that one. And the Pilsner's nice. I'm not, I'm not really a parallel person, but everybody raves about the road crew. So if you want a beer... Um, get yourself some Motorhead beer as well. That's my that, plug for that. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Well. That is that is the absolute perfect place to leave it. That really is. Okay. Is the the okay. advert for Motorhead beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do appreciate well, look, John Bingham, Motorhead superfan. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm look, superfan. I'd, lo- I'd love to thank you on behalf of everybody listening and myself. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much yeah. for spending the time doing this. And no, it's thank just you. been great. And, and thank you. Thank you, Howard. You've been brilliant. And um, you've prompted me at the right places as well. Oh, well my memory ain't the best. Yeah, you're, you're very kind. And as always, yep, that's right. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. And that really is the perfect way to to tie up an interview when talking about Motorhead is talking about Motorhead beer. So, yeah, wherever you can get your hands on it, try your Motorhead ales. Um, I, I just love doing these so much. It's great chatting to everybody, hearing all of these stories and about these legendary shows. I I just hope you're getting as much out of it as, as I am because it's just so much fun to do. It really is. And on that note, please do share the podcast. And it doesn't have to be with Motorhead fans. It could be, it could be with just fans of music in general who like hearing all of these, you know, all of these old stories and anecdotes and, and you know, the demystifying of myths and all sorts of bits and pieces like that. So please do share the podcast. And of course, subscribe. Wherever you are listening to this, there will be a button somewhere that says subscribe. Click that and what will happen is you will get a new motorcast every fortnight coming into your device. That's all you have to do. So please do tell a friend. Let them know that the motorcast is around. If they're into Motorhead, it's an essential. If they're not, well, it's still essential, isn't it? But uh, look, we're, we're growing and growing. Thanks for all your feedback on social media. Do get in touch. Um, quite a few of you have suggested guests that we've either ended up getting or are on the list. So, you know, it's always great to interact with you guys and keep following and supporting the podcast. I can't thank you enough. The Motorcast is going from strength to strength and that is all down to you. Simple as that. So thank you very much. Thank you for helping keeping the Motorhead name alive and so fresh. It really is great. Thanks a lot, guys. Can't wait to speak to you again. See you in a couple of weeks. I don't say you greed. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.